Greetings in Jesus' name to each one here this morning, the one we come to worship. And that's a, a real privilege, real spiritual exercise that we have uh, to be able to worship Him. And it takes your full attention. And so uh, we hope that that can work out that way. Uh, just best to see everyone here this morning that's here. God bless you for coming. Um, you know, uh, the Lord led me directly to a message, and uh, it's a ch it sort of challenges me, but it also is very encouraging to me, and I hope it's the same way with you. You know, we live in an affluent country. You probably know that, and we're not always known to be the poorer in the land, so uh, maybe it affects us more than we want to think. You know, in our lifestyle, it's, it's, it's pretty easy to get uh, fairly comfortable. You know, uh, we, we like our homes to be fairly creature comfortable. Uh, and you have to think about it, we, we actually, we probably most of us have all of our needs and actually most of our wants. You ever think about that? It's amazing. And so uh, it's pretty easy to settle in here and, and kind of enjoy life here. And there's nothing wrong with enjoying life here. Uh, maybe that phrase wasn't quite right, but we kind of settle in and we get very, very comfortable here and uh, we lose focus of your forever home. You know, I hear some people building their forever homes and every Christian has a forever home, but it's not down here. Praise the Lord, it's not down here. So what if you could do whatever you wanted to do? I mean, you could party all you wanted. You could go around the world and see whatever you wanted. You could do whatever your flesh wanted. You could uh, just live all totally at ease, have what you wanted. You know, just whatever recreation you dearly love, you could just do it for weeks on end. And you lived that life. And the only, point, uh, only repercussions was you had to live in a dirty, deplorable, moldy, stinking home for 10 years. Would you do it? What if you had another choice? You could live another way. You could, you could serve a master that walked with you. They gave you peace. They made life worth living. But now you were a servant of his, but he walked with you, and you, you actually enjoyed life. You did what he wanted, not what you wanted. And you loved him. You loved holiness. You would say, not my will, but thine be done at every crossroads. And uh, at the end of life, the last 10 years of your life, you were rewarded a mansion. What would you choose? Well, I think it'd be obvious. It, it, that's fairly simple. Now, the analogy completely breaks down because if you live like the first way, you won't live in a dirty, decrepit home for 10 years. You'll live in the place of the damned forever. And that's hard to fathom. But it's very true. You know, and the great thing is, the second one, you don't get to live in a mansion for 10 years. For all eternity, 
you get to live with Jesus and you get to have a mansion and you're forever home. Forever. So it's forever and ever. That even makes it more uh, inspiring to, to realize how important it is to follow Jesus now. And it's such a, uh, such a blessing. Now, we're reward-oriented. I remember when I was a little boy, if you did this and this and this, you'd get a dime. Do you even keep dimes anymore? <laughs> you know? uh, and now, you know, if you, you, you tell your chick, you do a good job, you know, and, uh, and you, you know, you do a good job. It thinks that they should do anyhow, okay? <laughs> you know? And you'll get $10, you know. Uh, we're, we're fairly reward-oriented, you know that? And I'm not sure that's all bad. Because, you know, and, and God knew you needed that. You know what? There's rewards now. You can, uh, you know, there's rewards now for serving Jesus, right? Amen? I mean, you want the other pathway of deplorable misery? Wake up the morning after and oh, that was a horrible day. And you get to enjoy another horrible day. That's the way of the sinner, the lost. It's empty. But you know what? So we have lots of rewards here. But it is hard for man to fathom the really grass. That really serving Jesus is is so is blessed now. Now there's warfare. It's not easy, but it sure is worth it because the forever, which is the real length of life. I mean, this little testing time here, 70, 80 years, is just a shadow and a vapor. It just flashes and gone. But that forever time, you know, you, we can't already fathom the rewards. It's just, it's hard to ask. So we want to talk about and think about for just a few minutes here this morning. What a tremendous blessing forever. Our God cared about rewards. And you get them if you're a saint. You get them if you follow me faithfully. You get them if you love him and follow him and love to do his biddings. We'll start at Philippians 3, verse 20. Where it says, for our conversation is in heaven. New King James says it much more clearly, for our citizenship is in heaven, from, wh from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. Our, isn't it wonderful for us to realize that as a Christian, our citizenship is in heaven? It is not here. It is not here. And it makes all the difference in how uh, we relate to the here world. It makes all the difference. Uh, you know, to, to realize that your primary citizenship is in heaven. It's not here. So you don't need to get highly involved in what is going on in this world. It don't need to trouble you with what's going on in this world that much. Yes, we can pray. It's not bad to know and pray. But I've seen people get all stirred up about things in this world. And I wonder, I wonder if God doesn't wonder where is your citizenship? You know what should stir up a saint? When things aren't going right in the kingdom of God. When things aren't going right in here or out here in, in, our, in the kingdom of God. It is a blessing uh, to be, to know that your citizen, American citizenship is very second rate, okay? You have dual citizenship, okay? I heard some people from Canada, I've got dual citizenship. That's a privilege. That's a privilege because our main citizenship is over yonder. 
if we are here and we only have one citizenship in the United States, we are a pitiful shape. We're in pitiful condition because we can have dual citizenship. And our main one is in heaven. And I tell you, it makes us respond to the things of this world radically different. These ones, they don't have their eye on like the world where, where business and money is the main drive. No, that's not the drive of the kingdom of God. It's to spread the kingdom of God. It's to bless the world and to bless the kingdom. They, they don't have a drive for material things. They're, they're not living to accumulate. They're not living to doll up the earthly body. They're not living to do that. See, they have a much higher vision. You know, they're not living for self. They're living for Jesus because they're part of the heavenly kingdom. Yes, they're citizens of heaven. And that's beautiful. In fact, how can we anticipate living with the king if we aren't citizens of his country? You know, we, we anticipate that. We love it. And it's because he's the king. And it shows it in so many different ways of life. It shows it all of life. Citizens of heaven. Yes, what a blessing. Now, going back a few books to Hebrews 11. I'd like us to look at a few verses there. I don't know if it's a blessing or not, but I don't know if preachers ever noticed there's a good glare on that clock. When you stand there's a good glare, so if this thing goes on and on a while, I can't hardly read the time. That's one of the blessings of heaven. Amen? <laughs> we can worship when I say, oh, if I preach too long. <laughs> Uh, we, we're just timeless up there. Well, I just want to let you know what, how it is up here. And uh, Hebrews 11, verse 16 says, But now they, this is the, this is the works chapter, where the, it, it, show, he, it plainly says how their faith evidenced in works. Because if it wouldn't have been their works, how they showed their faith, you wouldn't read it. So this is a works chapter, and we get down to how their works showed out in their life which it does in our life too. It's very plain how it works in our life. Then he comes and says some interesting words in, in uh, verse 16. And now they desire, these ones that have faith, that showed out that, G, that God was working in, in their heart, desired a better country that is in heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he has prepared for them a city. And so it plainly says, that they desired a better country. They wasn't comfortable down here. They didn't settle in and just say, you know, I'm going to fit in around them. Because uh, they was willing to be children of light. And so I thought, just when the Lord led me, I said, well, this just fits so well with the lesson. They were lights for Jesus. They, they weren't trying to fit in with the darkness. They were glad to serve Jesus. And you know what? That was a stark difference from the darkness around them. It was a stark difference. They were all known by their righteous works because they had faith in Jesus and the faith in the Lord. And they, and they desired, they, they never uh, was wanting to just settle in because they had a heavenly goal, a heavenly drive. And they lived in such a way that God was glad to call them their children. Yeah, that's pretty impressive to realize you and I can live in such a way that God is glad to call you and I his child. 
that's also very challenging tomorrow. I'll just tell you, that's pretty challenging tomorrow. And then he says, of course, he has prepared, he hath prepared for them a city. That's just this amazing thought. He has prepared for you a special place. Now, it speaks a little bit about this place and uh, some aspects about it. We're, I'll cut it. We'll go back to verse 10 where it says, For those that had faith, for he looked for a city which has foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Now, I've seen some pretty nice homes on this side. You know, sometimes I hear people, oh, that was really, man, that's, oh, that's a lovely home. It's a nice home. And all, you almost get the feeling that person has a hankering for that home. I hope you'd never do that yourself. But it's pretty easy to think that way, okay? And uh, do you have a hankering for heaven? That's the question God would ask us. Do you have a hankering for heaven like you would have for the most plush forever home down here? Hmm. Hankerings for heaven. That's what Jesus wants. So faith works out, shows out in life. Yeah. For he looked for a city with that foundation whose builder and maker is God. I can't imagine what Jesus is building for you and me, for his children. I can't imagine. But I know one thing. It's going to be amazing. I think it's going to be beyond description. Now, we'll cut down the first 13 and see a little bit about the, the way these people live. For these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off and were persuaded of them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. And, that, and they that say such things declare plainly that they seek a city. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from which they come out, they might have had opportunity to return. But now they desire a better country that is in heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he hath prepared for them a city. He said, these, I tell you, they, 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 they knew Jesus, they knew God, they knew his word, they embraced it, okay? They just didn't read it and say, I'm sure they did, okay? They didn't just say, I believe, okay? They embraced it in their life, in their heart, and in their life. And that's what Jesus is looking for today. People that embrace his word in their heart and in their lives. And I praise God, we can be those people today. But we have to have a certain mindset. And that is a heavenly mindset and not an earthly mindset. And it's so easy to be earthly because we you know your job is fairly earthly. Probably. Uh, and I hope we do it as unto the Lord, okay? We can do it in the right way, but it's fairly earthly. But there's one thing, everything, most everything a person, lots of things we do can go either way. In other words, you can milk cows for yourself and just for money and just for pleasure. You can do that. Or you can milk cows for Jesus. Is that an option? I sure hope so. Because you know, so it, that means you, you're trying to be of service and a blessing to others. And you, you, so you do it respectfully in all ways of life. Also, then, also, the, the people that come on the, the place and stuff, they are opportunities to witness for Jesus. That's very heavenly. 
That's very heavenly. Even if you work at a bow shop or work at a machinery dealer or you're a doctor or you drive a truck, I'm sorry, I can't get you all, but I'm just starting down the list here to let you know that everything works out this way, okay? You can do it for material and very much earthly reasons or you can do it for a, with a heavenly purpose. You can absolutely do it. I praise God for that. And uh, he wants that. Because he said, but there's going to be, it's going to show. You, you okay? You believe and you confess and you embrace the word of God. And you're following him faithfully. And it's tremendous. But he said, you know, it's going to affect your lifestyle like it did. Every one of those people that are in the chapter of the works chapter, they were willing to be strangers and pilgrims. And that is quite, it isn't that they were reactionary to the world. They had their focus on Jesus and heavenly things. And when we have that focus, and, and so when you have mean neighbors, people say unkind things, or even unkind things in the brotherly, you, you respond in love. You respond in love. And they know, and God knows, that you have something special. That's Jesus. Because uh, when a person responds otherwise, it's of this world. They're strangers and pilgrims. And it, it's not, like I say, it's not a reactionary thing. It goes, okay, how can I do my vocation to please Jesus? How can I relate socially to please Jesus? How can, how, what is my driving force my, my, uh, with my spare time? Does my hobbies show that I'm following Jesus? Does the amount of time I want to spend with the word show I'm wanting to please Jesus? This goes on, I just want to be a tad practical, so we're thinking uh, truthfully. He says, look, those people, you know what? They, they don't just spend their spare time doing things to please their own flesh. Guess what? They want to please the king of the kingdom. And, and so, you know what? They will be known as radically different in this world. And I think sometimes even Anabaptists and even Christianum has so much, has gotten so, I don't know hardly how to say it, but used to being down on this earth and becoming fairly earthly minded that we've lost the concept that to be a part of the kingdom of God is totally does not even strive at all to fit in with worldly mentality, practice, mentality, practice, attitudes, or lifestyle, or dress. All those are included in a stranger and pilgrim lifestyle. All those are. And it's challenging. I praise God, if we committed to following the King of kings and Lord of lords, and you want to enjoy your heavenly forever home, we're going to do that in our heart and we'll be part of our brotherhood. It's going to do it together, okay? And I think it's, uh, God is very pleased when we do it that way. Strangers and pilgrims. Do you love being a stranger and pilgrim? Do you love it? If you're going to get your forever home, you might as well start loving it down here. Because that's where it's got to be practiced. That's where it's going to be practiced. Do you love being a stranger and pilgrim here. You know, it's kind of hard to enjoy being an oddball, but you might as well enjoy it. Because, not in the church. 
Hopefully the church isn't calling you an eyeball or got any people. But the people of this world are going to seem to you radically strange. I praise God when we do it in the right way or loving way, they'll also say you've got something special. And thank God there's a few that say, I want that. I want that divine nature. I want that help to be special like that. You love people that are unlovely. And that speaks. I hear people say that. I tell you, it's the work of God working out. You know why they were driven to do this? Because they sought a better country. That was their driving force. It wasn't that, oh, you know, you know man, if, if I follow Jesus, I'm going to get more homes and, and more farms. I mean, Abraham was a rich man, but he wasn't driven to, to, for that. He sought a better country. He, he, was, he was thinking way above this earthly matters. And he loved, he, he appreciated that privilege. <clears throat> John 14 speaks a little bit of these. You know that reference. But it's so wonderful. And it says there, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. For in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am you may be also. He said, I tell you, this is the place of the redeemed. He said, I'm going to come. You follow me, and I've got a place prepared for you. Can you imagine? He's got a place prepared for each one of us. He didn't just say the church of God. He didn't say, I've got a place just prepared for all Mabel Memorialites. He said, I got a place for you <laughs> individually. And he don't want you to miss it, okay? He don't want you to miss it. Because he's a personal guy. He loves you. He said, I go and I'm going to prepare a place for you. And he's going to come back for you. And he said, I will come back for you and take you with me. Uh, the NIV says, and I go prepare a place for you. And I will come back and take you to be with me that you may also be where I am. I praise God we can live in the presence of Jesus today because he walks with us. If he doesn't, we're on the wrong path. Praise God, he walks with us. And I have noticed in this life, the longer you walk with somebody and love them, the more you just love being around them. I've only been married like 40, oh, I almost forgot, 44 years, isn't it? 44 years. And I tell you, when, you're, when you walk with your beloved and you live the way you should, it gets better all the time. Now, I'm not here promoting marriage. Yes, I am. But I am also promoting how the walk with Jesus should go. The longer you walk with Him, and I walk with Him longer than I walk with my bride, the more you know that He's everything for you. I'm telling you, friends, we can't do anything right without Jesus. We, we can't have victory over these bombardments of the world without Jesus. We can't respond like we should without Jesus. Your heart just isn't oozing for love, for the unlovely, without Jesus. You're not able to forgive people that cross your path that should know better, even. You can't do that without Jesus. See, He's our everything. You woke up this morning, you breathed, and you know what? Jesus gave you life. Because he could have taken it last night. And he did for some people. But he gave you life. And he gives us life. And we ought to rejoice in that. You have another day to serve the Lord. And, 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 and promote the kingdom of God 
and, and expand the kingdom of God and show His presence. And the longer you walk with Him, the more you can't wait to be in His presence forever and ever. I'm telling you, that, that's just the way it works. And that's the way it, work, uh, it should be and always, always should be. No wonder Paul said in 2 Corinthians 5, 8, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 8, For we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body, excuse me, and, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. He, would love, he wanted to be present with the Lord. John 17, 24 says, Father, I will that they, all, they also, whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory that thou hast given me, that thou lovest, that thou lovest me from the foundation of the world. No wonder he said in 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 17, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Probably every last one of you that have much age here have some loved ones in heaven. Probably. I do. You know, sometimes there are people say, man, I just can't wait to go see so-and-so. I really suspect that seeing so-so isn't going to be very important because seeing Jesus and being with Him is going to be everything. Now, I'm not going to say I, that seeing, because there's a few people I really would like to see, and it's and it actually they're, they, they're way higher than the people of my lifetime. Some of the staler people of faith. I really would like to sit around and hear them talk. Uh, I think that would be very inspiring. But it's going to pale with being with Jesus. Because you know what, really, the truth of the matter is, if he's everything to you, like he is if you're a real Christian, maybe you just don't understand it, but that's true. If he's everything to you, that's going to make heaven everything. I mean, actually, you know, they talk about these mansions in heaven. I'd be glad to live in a shack in heaven with Jesus. Okay? Or it's not about the building. It's about who you're with. That's really the way church life is too, isn't it? It's not the buildings, people you're with. That's <laughs> everything. And that's what it's going to be. And so shall we ever be with Jesus, our Savior, the Lord of our life, the one that dictates everything, and the one we have passion. That's the one we have a passion for. The one that drives us in every aspect of life. Not our vocation. It's what it drives us and, and, and helps us uh, just stay true to him. There's a song that, go, that goes, the chorus goes, What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see. And I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, glorious day that will be. Now, dear friends, if that means half as much to you as it does to Jesus and to some of us old saints, you're going to sing hallelujah. Dear people, if that is our driving desire, you'll be a stranger and a pilgrim here. What a blessing that we have that privilege to be enabled to be a stranger and a pilgrim. Because on our own, we can't do it ourselves. To see our Savior uh, and to be with our Lord forever and ever. What a reward! What a reward. What a tremendous blessing that we have. No wonder the songwriter wrote in the, in the song, No Disappointments in Heaven. He says, I am bound for that beautiful city 
the Lord has prepared for his own. We're all the redeemed of all ages sing glory around the white throne. Sometimes I grow homesick for heaven. And the glories I there shall behold. What a joy it will be when my Savior I see in that beautiful city of gold. What a tremendous blessing and what we have to look forward to. No wonder it says in Luke 10, 20, <clears throat> notwithstanding, in this rejoice, not that the spirits are subject unto you. That's amazing. Don't rejoice if you can cast out demons and do all kinds of things. But what should you rejoice in? He said it plainly. But rather rejoice because your names are written in heaven. That's, that's the privilege. Citizens of heaven. That, that's everything to God's people. It's everything to a person that's going plans on making it there to be privileged enough that my name can your and our names can be written in heaven. Now, what a blessing. What a tremendous blessing we have. The Lamb's Book of Life. And all we are is ambassadors here. Ambassadors here. Yeah, I understand that there's ambassadors in other countries. And they don't try to take on the ways and the culture of that country. They're glad to represent their home country where they're at. We're ambassadors here. You know, it's a little challenging because we've never been there. Now, we have Jesus within us. We have his spirit within us, but we've never been to heaven yet. Now, we anticipate it. We can't wait for that forever home. We can't wait to live with Jesus forever and ever. But I've never been there. And I suspect you haven't either. But we know what he wants us to be like. We read the book. We see Jesus written on the pages. The words of life. And we can reflect that. And he says, look, you know what? You get to be an ambassador here. You don't, you're not trying to fit in. See? And I understand people are proud to be American. There's a song like that, proud to be American. You know what? Are you proud to be a Christian? Maybe that ain't the right word, but I hope you are. Proud to be a Christian. I love that song. And uh, we, I've heard it numerous times. And if you was at the tent the other night, last week, you heard it. I pledge allegiance to the Lamb, friends. If you want to pledge allegiance to a country, pledge allegiance to Jesus. And we do it in our hearts, and we do it in loyalty, and we do it with our, uh, our lifestyle, our appetites, and our desires. What a tremendous blessing to be one of his children. Well, Revelations 12, verses 10 to 11 speaks a little bit of this pilgrimage. Revelations 12, verses 10 to 11. Where it says, And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now salvation and strength and the kingdom of our God and the power of Christ have come for the accuser of our brethren who accused them before God day and night has been cast down. And they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their lives to the death. 
Therefore, rejoice, O heavens, and you who dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of sea, for the devil has come down to you having great wrath because he knows that he has a short time. Tell you, friends, I think people in heaven are rejoicing that they've made it. That You know, we have salvation here, but the salvation is not culminated till we get to heaven. That's the culmination of salvation. And they say with a loud voice, and maybe that's a good reason why some of us get loud loud here, because we're having a dress rehearsal of what we're going to do in heaven. If you're a little bit quiet, it doesn't hurt if you gear up. Because in heaven, you're going to be part, if you're going to be heaven, you get to be part of this voice that sounds with a loud voice in worships God. And I think people that get really that Jesus in their hearts and they get in there, it stirs them up. Now, their volume might not be as high as some others, but they're stirred up. And I see people get stirred up about earthly things, a lot of temporal things. They get all excited. And they get all excited about bonuses. And they get all excited about trinkets and hobbies. But how about getting stirred up and excited about Jesus? That's what people that have in the kingdom do. And let me tell you, friends, so we're going to be dealing over there. So we, we might as well start here. And he said they overcome him by the blood of the Lamb, and that's very true. We're not, we are not, we get, we start our pilgrimage by the blood of Jesus. Forgiveness of sins, that's salvation. And we stay on the pathway to heaven by getting forgiveness of sins. It sure is. It's a, and then he said, and by the word of their testimony, I mean, I think Jesus meant everything to them, and they was willing to testify for Jesus. And they didn't, they, they didn't even care if it was a little stigma on their life, if they was called weirdos. They didn't care about that. Because if you care about that, you'll never give your life for Jesus. You ever think, oh, you know, I don't want to be a martyr for Jesus. How about just standing up for him today? That's what Jesus would ask me and us. How about just standing up for him today? And they didn't love their lives until death. I'll tell you, they was willing to give up anything for Jesus. I tell you, following Jesus is warfare. It's absolutely warfare. Because overcomers, overcoming means you had a, a foe, okay? This isn't lolling along up into heaven. This is overcoming the foe. And we, it says there very plainly that Satan is out there and, he's, and, he, and he has his time. His time is short and he knows it. He said, you know what? I only got 20 more years for them. And I, you might only be 10 years for you. It might be five for me. Who, he, he just knows his time is short. And you know what? He wants to get you over and he will do it. He'll bombard you like everything. And he said, look, overcomers get to live with Jesus. Overcomers to the end. The wonder says in Revelation 2, 10b, be thou faithful unto death. And I'll give thee a crown of life. Be thou faithful unto death. And I praise God. When we look to him for strength, we look to him for forgiveness, we look for him for empowerment, <clears throat> he is there. We can overcome every foe. You might have a big foe. And maybe he's giving you a little breather and you won't face another big foe till tomorrow. I don't know. Uh, but they care about overcoming. Always remember, always remember, anything you give up slash sacrifice for Jesus will seem very insignificant in heaven. 
everything you do not sacrifice, and Jesus is asking you to, is going to loom huge at the judgment. Always remember that, friends. That'll help us get par on the course. Because that, that speaks to me. You know, we think, oh, because other people, and maybe I just don't view it right. We're suffering so much. We're suffering. I mean, we're just living the Christian lifestyle. I think that's a blessing. How can you rejoice evermore and be claim, claim, your claim of fame is suffering? Yeah. Jesus did so much for us, we ought to be rejoicing. And we, and we are. And we should be. It's a privilege to follow Jesus. It's a privilege to give up your carnal flesh and evil desire. It's a privilege. Without Jesus, you can't do that. And then and you live in misery. Down here and forever and ever. They have a forever home too. Praise God, we have our forever home. We're looking forward to that. Everything. So I want, we need to remember these little things we give up. In quotes, we say give up. We sacrifice for Jesus. That's your privilege. That's your privilege. Yeah, what a blessing. Yes. No wonder Paul said in 1 Thessalonians 4, 17 and 18, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and so shall we ever be with the Lord. Looking forward to your forever home? Wow, with great anticipation. With great anticipation. Now, Revelation 22. I'm not even going to describe that home because I tell you, I'll just be honest, glittering gold isn't that terrible appealing to me. That's great. It can be lined with gold. It can be lined with whatever. I really think Jesus is going to be everything. And being with fellow saints is going to be just as blessed and more blessed than it even is down here. And that's enough for me. I, I, I tell you, I'm, uh, that's enough for me right there. Now, if you want gold, and it, you know, I do like pretty flowers. My wife brings in pretty flowers. I, I love seeing that. So I do, I do love pretty collars. But there's some other things I'm gonna, that you're going to really like. If you're truly born again, that warfare is going to be over. I tell you, fighting the devil and his encroachment in the world and in our lives is a full-time, high-level battle. It is for me, and if it isn't for and it is for every Christian. I'll just put it that. It is for every Christian. So let's get in there together. It's a full-time warfare. And we're in it. And, and, and I tell you, by God's grace, we're going to win. But we might have to sacrifice more. We might have to sacrifice more, maybe. But that's going to be over. That warfare is going to be over. It's going to be only a holiness there. Uh, that, that, that's beyond description. You don't get that down here, Okay. You just don't get that bliss of just forever out of the war. It's all over. The battle's won. Revelation 22, verses 1 to 5. Revelation 22, 1 to 5. <clears throat> and he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding out of the throne of God and of, and of the Lamb. And in the midst of the street of it, and on either side of the river, there were a tree of life, which bare twelve manner of fruits and yielded their fruit every month, and the leaves of the trees were for the healing of the nations, and there was no more curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him, and they shall see his face, and his name shall be in, his, in their foreheads, 
and there shall be no night there, and they need and they need no candle, neither light of the sign, for the Lord gives them light, and they shall forever reign forever and ever. You know, you think about it, as the war rages on, the battle for your soul. You know, sometimes I hear people, man, you know, and you can tell they're counting the cost, whether it's worth it. Friends, giving up is giving up everything. It's giving up peace, it's giving up fellowship, and you're forever home. We don't even want to go there, but Satan tempts us. When you're down and out, you, is it worth it? We need to think realistically. It is definitely worth it. It is definitely worth it. We need to buy into the principles of his word because there is everything. He said, look, there's going to be no more curse. You're going to be up with, well, you're going to be with Jesus. And guess what? There'll be no darkness there. And that's, that is more than, you know, in nighttime, there's all, that's the time of uh, the works of darkness magnify. Now, the works of darkness are there all the time, in my opinion. You can, you can see them in the daytime, too. But it seems like it's amplified. There's going to be light there. There's going to be light there. And, of course, Jesus is the light. We love light now. We are people of light. We love the light. And we are of the people of the light. We don't like the kingdom of darkness. And I know one thing, God, I think expects you to rest and relax and sleep in the dark. Not be doing evil things. And I'm those people that crowds around at nighttime. Not generally a lot of sanctified things are going on. But I praise God we can be people of the light now and look forward to the city of light. You're forever home.